Hey everybody, I'm Luke. And I'm Kurt. And welcome back to The Breakdown, and welcome back, Pastor Kurt. Hey, whoa, I hope I caught your intro there, I'm sorry. I, I think I was hitting record as you were saying it. You want to do it again? Nevertheless. No, it's okay. great. I, right. we don't, don't never ruin an intro. It all starts the same. You know, if, if we didn't have the intro, I know. all the listeners could do the intro. I know, everyone could. So. We're we're kind of like the creatures yeah. of habit, which is probably why we got stuck in the room and we're doing it. It just, it, you know, it comforts me. So, it's awesome. Yeah. We always have fun volleying that. <laughs> hey, I have to tell you, I don't know how many weeks I was gone, but it was good. It felt like a long time. It did. I was sitting in church like, this has been a long time. I can't wait to be on the show again. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's why, like, for me, Sunday was so, I just felt so chilled out. Oh, good. For everything. Good. But, you know, because so much has happened yeah. over the last two weeks mm. that it was just so, I was in a, personally in a place of, like, just receiving and resting. Yeah. Praise God. And you know, I think we do have to be open to however the Lord wants to lead us on a Sunday morning. We know we've talked about on our show before how important it is to come in and to not be self-centered, to see how the Lord wants to use us mm-hmm. that day, but always to be open to what is the Lord doing. And I, I have to say, too, there were moments during the worship and prayer and altar call that I'm checking myself. I always go back to, Lord, do I need to respond to this call? Do I need to pray for those who have responded to this altar call? Yeah. You know, and again, yeah. I'm, I'm on the yeah. prayer team right, and the pastoral right. team, so we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a team that does that. But I always check myself because I don't want to just go. And even Pastor John has talked about that, the importance of making sure. Sometimes I need to, like the second altar call I had to respond to yesterday. Right. We'll get into that in a moment. But That's hey, cool. if you are just joining us for this show here, we love this breakdown. We, we take time. We break down what happens on a Sunday, what God did over the weekend. I, I, this is amazing. This is really cool. It was a powerful weekend. It really was. Now, I know you you serve in United, which is our, our high school group. Yep. Okay. So this weekend, yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had the Crown yeah. students over at Camp Clear, and it was just so powerful. It was, yeah, it was really so cool. cool. I saw um, <laughs> a lot of cool pictures on the Instagram. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you, do, if you have Instagram, yeah. but you don't follow, um, so just so you know, our youth groups, United. Yep. HPC United and then uh, Crown. Yes, they also have individual Instagram accounts, yeah. so you can follow those and uh, see what's happening in those ministries and the the videos and what they share about what's going on with the kids. It's really encouraging, even if you don't have kids in it yourself. Oh, I know, and that's the thing. That's what we heard yesterday with Pastor Holly doing the dedications. You know, we so many of us who were trained under the model of a baby dedication and not necessarily infant baptism. When we were trained under the baby dedication, we always were taught Samuel and Hannah as the model, and that Samuel brought him back to the temple and brought him back to the place, and that he was really given to the service of the Lord. And so we're committing to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Well, the local church is a part of that. The, the, the local gathering, we're all committed to it. Yeah. And to hear Pastor Holly say, like, I remember 12 years ago when we dedicated some of these children. You and I weren't here, but, but she remembers dedicating these children and then watching their spiritual encounters over the weekend. Wow. But we all, you know, if we go back to last week's message, we all have a part in sowing into that. Yes, we do. It really takes a village. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> we have a montage of you saying that. Do I say that a yeah, lot? You do. 
<laughs> yes. I, one day somebody's going to put all the things together. We say, I, I yeah. dude, I am living it. I am living it to where it I used. Tr- it's true. I it's used true. to feel like I have to have it together as a dad, but no, uh, it really takes a lot. And this is why the body is here. Every joint supplies. Amen. And as long as every joint supplying, mm-hmm. it works. It does. It really yeah. does. So it's just a really powerful weekend. And then to come into the baby dedications and to come into agreement. I always like to say this, Luke, you know, hearkening back to what I just said a moment ago, how important it is for us to remember, hey, if you're sitting there on a Sunday and like Luke said, you don't have teenagers, you don't have middle schoolers, maybe you're not, uh, maybe none of the families that had a baby ded- baby dedication were directly related to you. Yes. Uh, you know, on Sunday, mm-hmm. but um, how important it is being part of one body. That oh, we yeah. all invest oh, yeah. in one another. Yep. Um, and I love it. I love when, you know, my kids might be in, in the hallway doing something and I see somebody else like correct it and redirect it and be like, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, yes, God, thank you so much because mm-hmm. we all need that. So, Amen. so great start to the weekend. And uh, I just can't believe that. Again, I know you weren't there, but we have Samuel, one of the guys who's on our prophetic and prayer team mm-hmm. and our Samuel here at the yep. church, Sam Connolly. He was sharing over the weekend very similar passages right down to the exact account. That's but really cool. It was really cool. So I think about our middle schoolers coming back and just to kind of look at how the Lord aligns everything. Mm-hmm. Sunday happened to be the first Sunday of the month. And so our crown students, they sit in service the first Sunday okay. of the month. So okay. look at how the yeah, Lord set yeah. this up because over the weekend, Sam was very adamant about us anointing these, these, mm-hmm. these young people. I don't want to call them kids anymore, but mm-hmm. us anointing them and us expecting mm-hmm. God to speak to them and to move in their That's life. Good. So for them to come and, and for us all to be there, just what God was doing collectively. And I really feel, Luke, that this is where the Lord is stretching us to start seeing and, and thinking in upper level regions of the spiritual world and the eternal mm-hmm. perspective, to mm-hmm. quote that. Um, to pay attention to these things. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's how we have to live. You know, that, that's the long and the short of it. Is yeah. We have to live, you know, asking the Holy Spirit, what is going on here? What do you want to do inside of me? Um, and where is the Lord taking us? Mm. Uh, you know, Pastor Zach would say, like, well, where is heaven taking us? Yeah. And, you know, it's we want to go where the Lord is going and cooperate with what he's doing and not get in the way. Yep. Right. So like the Israelites, they could have cooperated and it would have been a very short trip into the promised land, <laughs> but because of their disobedience, their flesh got in the way and it, it dragged out, Yeah. right? So we have to catch the vision mm. just like Joshua and Caleb did. And then we have to, you know, allow the Lord to, you know, work in us mm. and show us those places that need to change and then just cooperate. And it's, that's easier said than done, but that's why we have each other. But when we do that, we can get to those places faster. Amen. Yeah, I think about what we're presented in the New Testament, where we read in Hebrews and we read in other, some, some other writings, you know, don't harden your hearts in the day of rebellion mm. like your fathers did, but today is a day of salvation. So right. hear and obey. And we hear, we, we read, obedience is better yes. than sacrifice. Yeah. We tend to come to the Lord and and present this sacrifice, this thing that we're providing, mm-hmm. all he's ever really wanted yep. is for us to obey. Yep. And you know, if, if this talk is confusing to you, if you're, you're, you're like, what are, they, what are they saying? All right. Well, Jesus put it this way. He mm. says, you know, unless you become like a little child, yeah. you cannot see the kingdom of God. So if, if, you know, just go back to that, like say Jesus calls me to be a 
child, not as not in an immature way, nope. but in in it, as far as like a posture of how I am to live here. I am a child of God. Yeah, he is my father, so I listen to him. Yeah, and if you just have that willingness and that that submissiveness to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, if if Jesus is your Savior, the Holy Spirit will guide you and counsel you. You will know what to do, and then, like a child, you follow and you obey. It's so good, which is obviously the ultimate goal when we're raising our kids. And there's a difference. What we're working out in the discipline and the correction of child rearing is there is a difference between childish mm-hmm. and childlike. Yes. And what you're trying to get that child to hone into and lean into is absolutely. I right. said it. My, my kids, it's so powerful to me because my children will say to me, you promised. Now, as a young father, my dad, as a kid, I learned, don't ever promise anything because they're going to hold you to your word. But I'm not, that may be the wrong thing to say, but let me say this. When I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to explain this. No, I'm, I, my, I'm following you. I used Keep to going. say to my dad, you promised. And he would yes. say, I did not promise. I was very specific not to promise. And so when my kids ask me now, because it's, it's on simple things like, are we going to go there? Are we going to do that? Plans change when you have other people. Right. It's those things. And if I say, yes, this is how powerful, this is the child likeness. This is what God's looking for. Dad said, yes. I just said, yes. And do you know what they repeat back to me? You promised. I'm like, whoa, whoa. You put so much weight in stock in my word that if I say yes, not yes, I promise, Mm -hmm. because I've already confessed, I won't say that, (laughs) but yes. And what did Jesus say? Let your yes be yes and your no no be no. Anything else is from the evil one. Why? Because that's how the father is. And this goes right into, to jump all the way to the end, this goes right to our altar call yesterday that Jennifer and I both felt compelled to respond to on the financial side of things. You know, seeing that failure, how long will you grieve? Yeah. And what happens is if we have any history with the Lord, when we first come to the Lord, right, we're super childlike. We, we just, we read it, we believe it. And then all of a sudden we we start, we start to spend more time. We listen to podcasts. We read commentaries. Right. We talk to yeah. other people. And we start to develop different ideas and ideologies about God. Mm-hmm. And we, oh, maybe he's not like that. Maybe I misunderstood. This is why Jesus says, unless you become like a child, right. like a child, believing with that type of faith, you'll not see the kingdom of God. You won't see the kingdom of heaven. So has he not said it? Will he not do it? Mm. Dude, I was confronted so hard in the face wow. yesterday and last night wow. with this idea of, you know, Pastor Will happened to be the one laying hands on me mm. when Pastor Zach had the altar time yeah. For, yeah. for, you know, are you grieving over a loss of finance and feeling like you can't be trusted in your decision making yeah. again, whatever it was. And that's how I interpreted it. And that was a very specific. Oh, it was. That one was very, a very specific altar call. It was. Yeah. And only second service that I actually yep. respond. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes yep. you got to sit through too. <laughs> and I only responded because yep. my wife dragged me. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> and I'm glad she did. Most of my life has been transformed because my wife dragged yeah, me. Yeah, that's cool. And here's what Pastor yeah. Will was able to pick up on the spirit and confront was, it's not that the Lord, because I've been asking the Lord, Lord, what's the hang up? What, what, what would be the gap between your promise being fulfilled yeah. and your word that I believe right now? Yeah. And, and Pastor Will highlighted it. He's like, bro, this is going to sound crazy, but have you forgiven yourself? Mm. And no, I hadn't. I think that there's so many elements of I've gone to the old house. We've taken communion. All these different things. You think I've yeah. done this. Yeah. But I think I was still holding this up to the Lord saying, I must not be worthy 
to receive another breakthrough financially because yeah. I feel like I've misappropriated, misused. But in truth, I really was just following his voice, doing the right. things he said. So it was just really cool. Again, like you said, very yeah. specific and unique. And it's part of what I love about our show. We can just be honest and yep. and let the chips fall where they may and work through it. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And like I can see that on you, like you're settling into like this place where the Lord brought you in. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Praise God. That's really cool. Again, what Luke and I are, are modeling is hopefully the way we follow up to a Sunday, mm-hmm. ex, ex, not just experience, but to encountering the Lord mm-hmm. in worship and the word and yep. interaction. This is how we follow up yeah. to, uh, to our time on it's Sunday. Good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. So we get into our passage here of 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. Dude, I love it. You're only talking like one or two Versus, yeah, it it was uh, really just at the top. I'm like, yes, so, yeah. So, what are some of the things that come? So here we go. I'll just I'll share this. We now the Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing as I have rejected him from reigning over Israel?" Mm-hmm. Now, this is the first highlighted point that there may be an area of our lives that we keep mourning over that that God was was instrumental in right. developing. Yes, and this is the piece here. Yeah. But I love what Pastor Zach was bringing us back to from 1 Samuel 8, that it was the Lord said, I will give them a king, that, the king that they want. Right. This is the type of king mm-hmm. that they want. Mm-hmm. And it's this illustration of this is what it's going to be like. Oh, yeah. And, and, but again, this is where our, our humanness comes into play. So, you know, Samuel anointed Saul like the way it was, you know, supposed to go. And then Saul is not a good king. Mm. He's, not, he's not following after the Lord. So mm. then things go badly. Yeah. And God says that he's going to you know, put another king. And we know that that's going to be David. Um, but Samuel here is struggling with mourning and grief. Mm-hmm. And God asks him, how long are you going to do this? But let's look at that grief. Like, where does that, where did that grief come from? Yeah. And, and pastor Zach really brought it out. Like I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it that specifically before. Um, I just thought it, you know, I, I think in the past, like I had it more as like a general grief, like, Oh, you know, he sat at the state of the country and all of that. Yeah. But, but um, pastor Zach really called us back to the fact that he was the one who anointed him. Mm. So it's a very personal thing where, Samuel, as the spiritual leader of the nation of Israel, is, is I have failed. Yeah, yeah. I had a mm-hmm. hand in this. Mm. But, the, I mean, but the Lord doesn't say that he said. I, I know. But he, in his humanness, mm-hmm. still has to battle these emotions. And how often do we find ourselves in these, these cloudy areas of our life where the storms come and we have to wrestle with these decisions or these transitions and face us, uh, you know, circumstances. Yeah. Luke, I think it's really powerful to bring this up and to highlight because it doesn't mean that there's not a place for grief. And as you're mm-hmm. talking now, and as pastor Zach was talking on Sunday, my mind went to the transition from Moses to Joshua and when we pick up on the account of Joshua and Joshua 1, 2, I believe, uh, God says, you know, Moses, my servant, is dead. Mm-hmm. Arise, therefore, and go over this Jordan. Right. So, so the time of mourning had ended. 
And and I do believe that there's a time to grieve the loss, especially as we've yes. been taught. Yeah. And yeah. and so now the Lord is saying to and Samuel, God, and and the Lord is not is not shaming Samuel right. for his grief. That's right. But he he brings him now to this place and says, okay, how long mm-hmm. will you grieve? I've already rejected right. him. And maybe we don't have you know a little inference here. We don't know. We don't have a lot of backstory, but it could be possible that maybe Samuel was asking the Lord, what's going on here? You led me to him. We anointed him. And now the Lord's saying, I have rejected him. But now move down a little bit further. I have a king for myself. Mm -hmm. I have somebody that I've established and I will raise up. I do think it's important that we pause in those moments of our life to kind of evaluate and say, okay, what is it that I'm grieving and mourning over that's keeping me from moving forward? Because what we have to lean into, we have to pick up on this between the verses, is that if we did not, if Samuel did not respond and did not fill the horn with oil, he would not have been able to move forward with God's next step. Mm. Mm. Samuel had to be the one as that prophet seer to anoint the next king. Mm. But he was so hung up on this failure. I know for me, that speaks to me. I I can be so hung up on a prior failure that it is literally hindering what God is trying to do in the next step. Right. Right. And you know, like Paul models this when he's, <laughs> you know, he's like, I know how to uh, live with plenty yeah. and I know how to have nothing. Yeah. Um, and then it's, you know, what I have learned is like, uh, you know, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward for those things, which are ahead. I press forward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's somewhere in Philippians. Um, Thank you, mom, for having me memorize. I that. love it, dude. But, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, but so broadly speaking, I think that's like the beginning of how we start to move out of these places is, okay, let's zoom out to the big picture. And it's where am I going? Mm-hmm. I'm going towards Jesus and mm. he's calling me upward. Yeah. So that is the promise is in Jesus, we go upward. He's always going to pull us upward, upward to him. Um. Now, there might be some, you know, mountains and valleys along the way, but the, the ultimate trajectory is upward into him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with the hope that I get from that, then the Holy Spirit speaks to me in the place where, I'm, where I am. Yes, yes. And I think part of the problem is, um, Pastor Zach brought this up, referencing Craig Rochelle, and this one piece that he has is, you got to build in room for failure. And I think that because we're dealing with an infinite God and eternity, sometimes we don't think that he's built in room for failure, but we just have to remember that he's working with our humanity. So he's built in room for failure. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I think part of the problem, I've been meditating on this uh, a little bit here. I haven't fully studied it out, but I think part of the problem may be that, um, you know, with what you're saying, what we're looking at with with Samuel and even kind of evaluating, using this as a type and a shadow to evaluate our own lives and how we might be moving forward or how we might be hindered by failure mm-hmm. and kind of evaluating and saying, okay, you know, God really put his hand on this and I sensed that I was supposed to move forward and do this. And now I sense something completely different. Yeah. And there is a sense of like, okay, I have to grieve the loss of that, but what are you saying in the midst of this? And if we remember, that God's love is steadfast and his mercy is brand new every single morning, then we can be confident in the fact that if he's leading us to something new, that we can build in room for, okay, that didn't work. Or there were pieces of that that I learned from that I'm going to take with me as I move forward. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it may be, and I had heard this, I need to study this out, but 
part of it may be that I had heard that the Hebrews don't really see failure, but mm-hmm. rather they see everything as a collective building experience. Mm-hmm. I need to do some further study on that, mm-hmm. but it would make sense when we contrast our Western way of living versus an Eastern way of living. Mm-hmm. And our Western reality is success and failure all the time. Right. It's either you succeed or you fail. Yeah. That's why there's so much anxiety, depression, performance. It, it's oh, all on you. It's all it's on really you. all on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would, I mean, I don't know this for sure because I, I hadn't heard that before, uh, what you were bringing up about, you know, the, like, the Jewish belief mm. about failure and all of that. But I, I, I would um, think that a lot of that probably comes from a stronger belief in God's involvement mm. in everything. Mm. And, you know, it's good to go back to that. Yeah. Like, again, like a child, I am a child. <laughs> God is not even a bigger human. He's God, you know? So he is so much bigger than oh, he's bigger than, than the whole world. Mm. He's bigger than the whole universe. Yeah. Which, again, I just thought it was an excellent point to pause and to say, wow, oh, it is. God, I can build in room for yes. failure. And even you oh, yeah. have built in room. Yeah. And he... But it, but that's the thing. Also, he's so big mm. and above everything, yet he is involved in every granular detail of your life yeah. and my life. Yeah. Which, again, should speak to us of his care and concern. I think sometimes we wonder, does God really see? Is he really involved? Does, he, does what I'm going through personally, individually, mm-hmm. gran- on the granular level matter? Right. You know? granular level. Does it matter? And it does. It does matter to him. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He has named every single star. And every time he calls them, they come right yep. to him. It's yep. like, wow, when you put these things together, yeah. yet what is man that mm-hmm. he is mindful of mm-hmm. us? And I think when you were sharing your personal mm. um, experience from Sunday, you hit on something very, very important, which is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when mistakes happen, it's you know forgiving others. Yeah. But I think um, a tr- even trickier one is forgiving yourself. Yep. Um, because it's, I think some like I know for me it's easier to forgive other people. Yeah. But then it's looking at myself and not even realizing that I have to forgive myself. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard, but we have to. Um, and it takes like a humility of like boom, really recognizing okay, I messed up and I and that hurt me. Mm-hmm. Like I hurt myself. Um, and then, you know, moving forward in the love of God. It's good. The love of God is there the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so good. But, the... if, but if I'm focusing on myself and my mistake, I'm not focusing on the love of God. Yep. And I'm not allowing that to fully envelop. Um, actually, you know what? I think, no, the love of God has enveloped that place. Yeah. I'm just not looking at I'm it. I'm not responding. Because yeah. I'm living out of my mistake. Mm-hmm. The Lord, as I was processing this out with the Lord, because I will literally just like squeak out every last detail from everything with God. And as I'm just sitting there and I'm in the quiet and I'm processing with the Lord in my heart, the Lord is revealing to me that that actually was an area of pride, that I expected so much of myself that I wasn't going to make a mistake. What? What is that? See how sneaky pride is? It just comes right into that quiet area. You can't forgive yourself because you expected too much of yourself. You're still human. And right. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking no, to no, me. No. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still yeah, a human. I feel, I feel it. <laughs> it's I feel like, it too. when did I ever yeah. think I could do it apart from him? You know? Right. And I, I think part of that comes from 
it, it, it comes from a place where, we're, okay, I don't want to make that mistake again. I'm smart enough. I can figure out how mm. to not make that mistake. Yeah. Okay. Now let's say you actually could, you know, not make that mistake again. And you're going to do it. You're going to do things differently the next time. Okay. But that's still operating out of your own strength, your own flesh. The better thing would be, I forgive myself Mm. and I recognize I really can't live life on my own. Yeah. Even though I can make some good decisions, Mm. but God's decisions and God's direction is still greater and better than anything I could come up with on my own, even in my own skill and ability. Yeah. And so then you move forward with the guidance and the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So good. So important. I mean, how many stories do we hear I know. where someone said, oh, well, the Lord like dropped this idea or he brought this person and I realized I had to do this instead. Yeah. And, in, and they're like, it wasn't what I would have thought. Yeah. But that was definitely the right thing to do. Oh, man. So funny. I don't want to share anybody else's story, <laughs> but this just came up with the missions trip. Oh, wow. I, we had talked okay. about Camp Clear, right. but totally, totally didn't get into the mission trip that happened. And we, there was one specific person. God spoke to this person here in Southern New England about bringing a specific, small, really nominal item mm-hmm. down to Mexico, yeah. and it was going to be needed down there. And the way that the Lord interwove the story was just, it spoke volumes right. to what God was doing. Again, like you said, God is leaning into something that we didn't necessarily anticipate or expect, Correct. but he knows by his Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so he reveals them to us when we're actually able to listen and not hung up on us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so three other things we kind of need to talk to or talk about here is this area of anointing that was brought up where, where the Lord told Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. This is still in 1 Samuel 16, 1. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now, I could just spend all day on provided myself. My mind instantly goes to, do, I don't know if you were paying attention on this, and then we'll get to the final point. I don't know if I kept hearing provider and gyra on Sunday. I know we didn't sing it, but provider specifically was coming up a lot. Did That's you? wild. I, I, at one point, I thought we were going to sing it. Yeah. Like uh, the, the way they intro to one of the songs, I was like, oh, are we going to do Jaira, please? Yeah, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. No. But I kept... But I, I did feel that. Yeah. Okay. So what is the Lord saying? So as we lean into the spirit, whether we hear people talking or whatever, we're hearing that I was sensing the word provider. And my mind instantly went to, yes, right here where the Lord says, provided myself. And I went right back to Abraham and Isaac mm. when the Lord provided himself a ram in the thicket. And what we actually have to see here is God is working with us, but he has that master plan. It's kind of the point you and I have been talking about the whole time. While he is intricately involved in the small, minute details of our lives and everything that he's doing, he also has the bigger picture covered. And he is provider. And that's the part that he needs us to see. He needs us to get a hold of the fact that he will cover it. He will take care of it. And even in this detriment where Saul, uh, where, where Israel gets their first king and it blows up, it's a mess. God still has provided himself. Yeah. And again, it's just, I mean, to me, there's so many even types and shadows of the Lord ultimately, you know, hinting towards the, the, the sacrifice of his son. He provided himself. 
He yes. provided everything that we need in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so again, I won't get too much no, into it, but just so good. so good to see that we need to grab that anointing and move forward. And even to be able to identify the anointing. Well, yeah. So because the, the thing is like, we can talk about, you know, the anointing going on to someone else. Like, you know, he goes and anoints David and mm-hmm. all of that. But focusing in really on Samuel here, where the Lord says, take your horn with oil. Yeah. To me, like what I'm hearing from that is the Lord is saying, like, I'm still going to use you. Mm, whoa, and how many times whoa. do we feel like, okay, God can't, can't use, use me, me anymore. again. Whoa. Like, I didn't do it. I didn't do. Or I blew it. Right. Uh, but that's not the way mm. of, of the Lord. Yeah. He will use you. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the, it's not that, you know, Samuel in and of, his, of himself cannot just anoint something. Right. He's, he's operating out of the direction of the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord is saying, no, fill this up. I'm going to use you and you're going to call people back to my plan and what I'm doing. Mm. I think it's interesting you say that, Luke, because I'm seeing right now as you're talking that sometimes the Lord will use the very thing that you have previously right. used with him mm-hmm. to bring a new anointing. And yeah. this time it's him. Yeah. This time it's him. And I'm like, whoa, that's speaking volumes to me right now. Because mm-hmm. what happens is the enemy has us hogtied and crippled, not moving forward because the time we stepped out with the Lord when we believed it was him, it didn't go the way that we anticipated. Mm-hmm. And so now he wants to bring a new, fresh anointing to it. And we're like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing that again. Where are we? We're just like Samuel, yeah. mourning the loss of that. Right, right, and that's and that's where that's where the enemy wants you. Yes, to exactly. He wants you stuck. Yep, yep. So we got to move forward here. And so finally, we see this other last piece that I wanted to bring in. I, I do want to say this real quick before we get into bringing the sacrifice. I want to get into what I love that Pastor Zach communicated, especially for New Testament believers, which is what we are. So we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So what is this issue? What is this matter of anointing? Um, And I've heard a lot of different people talk about it. You've got people in different camps and it's like, oh, those charismatics and those Pentecostals, they just throw around words like, you know, awakening and anointing, all these different things, activation. But we have a word, anointing. And I love that Pastor Zach actually laid out for us what that means. Did you capture that quote? Okay, Can you share it it. with us? It was so good. Um, So this is kind of a paraphrase, uh, but he says, uh, the anointing of the Lord is a measure of the Holy Spirit placed on a person for a, uh, for a specific purpose, a specific place, or a specific time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like like you're talking about, as a believer, I have the Holy Spirit on like in me. Yep. But then the anointing is very because is very specific yep. in regards to like how we're wired spiritually. Yeah. And then also like specific tasks or specific roles that we might operate in for a season at a church or, yes. in a, or, or, or in a relationship, like different things. But again, it's recognizing, oh, the Lord has covered me with a grace yes. for this specific thing that he's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. What I really loved is I believe, I believe second service, Pastor Zach actually expanded it to say uh, a specific calling placed on a person, place, or thing. Yeah, I like which, that. Which yeah. I loved yeah. because I thought I about that. Camp Clear, and I thought mm. about what the Lord revealed to us yep. about that holy ground. There is the presence of the Lord and an anointing there yes. for biblical camps, Christian camps for kids. Like That is what the Lord decided and, and spoke it out through two people in 1945. So it's there. And I love it because, okay, mm-hmm. 
And now we see, yes, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, but I think about how God has used me over the years. And you yep. may think about how God has used you. Yeah. There may be different graces or different anointings yep. for different seasons. Yeah. And all we have to do is just identify where has God placed me? What is he doing now? You know, you ever start yeah. doing something and you find out there's like a quick grace, like you're doing something you never thought you had the capacity yeah. to do. Yeah. That's an anointing or a grace that God mm-hmm. has given you for that. Absolutely. And and it's important for us to, I think sometimes the the grieving that um, yes. a lot of believers can go through is when, like maybe you were active in a particular type of ministry for X amount of years, or maybe it was youth ministry and you yeah. did that for like 10 years. Um, but then, you know, the Lord is really trying to call you into something else. Um, but you're stuck on like, but it, I, I do youth ministry, <laughs> even though it's like, you know, okay, it's like that time is done for me, Yeah. but it's kind of like allowing that to rest. And then, but catching that the Lord is still anointing you for something else. Like he's never done using you. Yes. Yeah. And, and even I got to bring this up. You know, I bring it up all the time. First Corinthians 13. We know in part, we prophesy in part. Yeah. If God has spoken a word over you, like I remember when I was transitioning out of youth ministry, um, I was a youth pastor for 10 years. And within the early years, it was prophesied over me twice, you know, one specific thing that was very, I felt, I felt very specific to youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And when I never saw that in my own eyes come to fruition, I thought I must have misheard. But the prophecy came two separate occasions, two different, you know, timeframes and all these different things. And I have had to unhook myself from needing that prophecy to be fulfilled and just allow the Lord, if it's his will, to do it in his time in a way that he sees fit. Because I've started right. to realize we know in part mm-hmm. and we prophesy in part. And so because things are still dim right now, if we're receiving a word and we're getting something, we need to obviously bring that back to the Lord. Right. Obviously, yes, the Lord was going to have a king and it partly looked like it was going to be Samuel, but God, uh, Saul rather, mm-hmm. but God needed Samuel to unhook from that which God had rejected and start hooking up to something new yeah, and to still expect that this is going to be greater. Mm. So now with that, the prophetic word that I heard, I've given that back up to the Lord. I don't need it to be fulfilled the way that I thought it was going to be. Right. And I just trust you. If you spoke it, you're going to perform it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so the final area that we really have to bring up is I love, we start from the place of obedience is better than sacrifice, which is where we see in the previous chapter. And now we're, and we see the Lord saying, take a heifer with you. So there is going to be the covering of a sacrifice. Mm. You know, there's a whole other element we really didn't mm. get into. We don't have much time to get yeah. into today. I'm sure this is going to come up again. Yeah. There, there's so much into this. What are, you, what are you sensing from this area of like taking this sacrifice and, and this, this move? Mm. I, I think, again, it's going back. It, 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 it's pointing back to to the Lord. Okay. It's it's you know even just the the need of a sacrifice is we are imperfect. Mm-hmm. We are imperfect. Mm-hmm. So a sacrifice must be made. Now as New Testament believers, we have the sacrifice of Jesus. Yeah. And and you know we go we go back to that like okay, I am imperfect. I make mistakes, but Jesus has covered that. Yeah. And then it, it's pointing back to okay, because Jesus has covered that. I'm going to follow what he's doing mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to cooperate with how the Holy Spirit is moving. That's so good. That's good. And we have Romans 12, one where our sacrifice today is a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. presenting our bodies to yeah. the Lord and a sacrifice of praise. These mm-hmm. are the things that we're offering up. 
But looking over to what was happening with Samuel, I think, you know, Pastor Zach kind of leaning into this point of, okay, there goes Samuel just making another sacrifice. And how, as we come off of what looks like a failure, we may be being asked by the Lord to move back into something that looks similar, but others may judge it or it might cost us. Like he was afraid Saul was going to kill him. Oh, what's Samuel doing with the oil? What's Samuel doing with the sacrifice? Where's he going? What's he doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think for us, as we as we move off of a failure, we unhook from something that looks like a past failure. We're not grieving it anymore. We're now moving forward, seeing the anointing of the Lord on something else. Others may have things to say. Others may try to squash it. They may push it down. But the Lord is saying, okay, I'm going to provide a way of escape so you can actually fulfill it. And it's going to be that sacrifice. Yeah. So for us, a sacrifice of praise, but I specifically see us laying down our bodies. Therefore, we present ourselves a living sacrifice, which is our holy, reasonable, and acceptable service. That's good. And just finding our place at his feet. So yeah, you had a chock full day, huh? This is awesome. It was, it was really good. I love it. Hey, hopefully you're having food for thought, a lot of food for thought. If you're using this for your greenhouse or if you're just practicing dialoguing with friends Mm -hmm. on after a Sunday experience, you know, it's awesome. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Good brother. Why don't you pray us out, man? All right. Father, thank you that you are patient with us. Yes. Um, you even give us room to grieve and, and, and space to feel um, all the feelings that come up with mistakes or, or how we get hurt or how we hurt others. But you, you love us enough to not let us stay there. And, and you are calling us into growth, into maturity. And so, Father, help us to uh, be those willing children that will listen to you and allow you to uh, shape us and mold us and um, we go forward with the promise that you're going to continue to use us even when we feel very useless and we feel mm. like people maybe shouldn't be using us, um, but you will use us and, and you will use us to do um, things that will push others towards you and expand your kingdom. And so, uh, Father, we just look to you and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. Oh.